Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Hundel and today I want to share with you someone who's helping women to no longer hustle or grind and reshape their reality in feminine energy. Alison Chavez is a prosperity and success coach for ambitious God-centered women. She teaches women how to get phenomenal results with ease and space and achieve their goals with flow. Oh my god this sounds so amazing. Let's dive right in. Hi Alison, I'm so grateful to have you in the show and thank you for joining us. Oh Gerds, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Oh bless you. I'm just so excited after just we've just been talking beforehand and it's just like ah there's so much magic between us. <laughs> there is. <laughs> it's definitely going to be a powerful one. <laughs> And I'd love for you to share your journey because you've been on this personal, amazing transformation. I'd love for you to share what your life was like before you created the prosperity approach. Wow. Well, the opposite of prosperity is really what my <laughs> life was like. And I think that most people actually can relate to that. Um, it wasn't, you know, I was living on the streets and eating out of garbage cans. It was nothing um, as terrible or traumatic as that. Um, it was just never enough. It was constant worry. It was constant anxiety, waking up in the middle of the night going, what if we can't make our car payment this month? Then what are we going to do? I better get another job. I better, I better, I better work harder. I better work more. And um, there was just, it was just so constricting and it sucked the joy out of me actually. And so um, <laughs> I was actually inspired to get into the online space and to be a mentor. And I had had um, several, I mean, like 15 years of, of mentoring experience in a, in a different job before then, but I was inspired to leave that and create my own company. And so I did, and I built that thing from nothing to multiple six figures in about two years. And, you know, we went from nothing to like $30,000 a month. And what is that? 50,000 pounds, something, something like that. Um, <laughs> and I was in more anxiety when we had a lot of money than I was when we actually didn't have a lot of money. It was, it was really interesting because I was in so much push and so much grind and so much hustle. And in the back of my mind, there was this voice that was like, you don't know what you're doing. What if you lose it all? You don't actually make a difference. You're a huge fraud. What if you lose this? And because I didn't actually have the mindset to support what I really, what my heart really wanted to create, which was to teach people universal laws and the correct mindset and, and the correct belief system to really create the life of your dreams. My reality, your reality will always match your innermost thoughts and beliefs. And because my greatest fear was being financially destitute, that's what actually I created, not on purpose, but that's what I did. And I actually did it in a very dramatic way. Um, we were in a financial free fall for about two and a half years. And, and what that was is 
the harder I worked, the less money I made. And the more hustle I got into, the less the less people I attracted. I was pushing people away. In fact, I remember talking to somebody once about my program and she asked me why I was yelling at her. And I didn't even realize, but I I was, I was, I was yelling at her. Um, and I was like, it's just because I'm so passionate about you changing your life. Now, needless to say, she did not sign up to work with me, nor should she have (laughs) yelling at her in the middle of a discovery call and just getting to know each other. Um, But, but it, it ended, we landed in a chapter 13 bankruptcy. And and I remember when the dust settled, I had a moment of clarity and I remember thinking, wow, I created this and I didn't mean to, I betcha I can create my way out of this. And, and it was in that moment when I stopped beating myself up for being the world's biggest loser and the world's biggest screw up and hurting my husband and hurting our four children and telling myself I'm not enough. And who did I think I was like when I finally set that aside and had that lucidity, I, I really think that God was like, oh, hallelujah, she's ready. We can we can actually we can actually teach her or we can actually show her how prosperity really works because one of the reasons I felt like a fraud is that I was teaching universal laws. I was teaching mindset. I knew the principles worked, but for some reason I wasn't using them correctly. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until everything was stripped away that I was like, okay, let's, let's just start with what we have and let that be okay. And so actually what I did was I put my business on the side burner a little bit. I loved it. I loved what I was teaching. I loved my clients, but like I was down to like six clients by then. And it wasn't really fiscally responsible of me to keep pumping money into this thing that had a hole in the bottom of the bucket. Right. Mm -hmm. So I put it to the side and I got a full-time job in shipping and receiving, and I got a part-time job as a crossing guard and I got to work on my mind and I started flooding it with prosperity, like real prosperity teachings. And I decided to actually have fun because I hadn't had fun for a very long time in my company, um, just because of the way that I was approaching everything. It was with so much fear and so much scarcity and so much lack that I was going to lose everything. And now that I had, I was like, well, I got nothing else to lose. So let's, let's play a game. So I actually onboarded my family and this was in August. And I said, do you know what? I want to see if we can each have our own impossible goal. And just by using the power of our mind, how close can we get to that goal? Or can we get to that goal by the end of the year? So all of us chose a different goal. And I wanted to take my family of six to Hawaii for my husband's birthday. And his birthday was in December. And it was a ridiculous dream. It was impossible. It was stupid. It was irresponsible. Like that's all the things that came across my mind. And I was like, yep, I know. And I don't care. I want to take my family to Hawaii. And I want to see how powerful I am to actually create that. And you know what is so interesting is that every single one of us had vastly different goals. And every single one of us manifested our goal long before the end of the year came. And I remember thinking, holy cow, I cracked the manifesting code. And this thing was fun and it was effortless and it was filled with ease and joy and play. And I was like, I have got to teach 
other women about this. But what 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 I I hadn't learned a couple of things that were really important for me to learn. I needed to learn how to balance feminine and masculine energy and lead with my feminine. I needed to learn how money worked on a spiritual and an energetic level. And I had to learn how to change my subconscious beliefs where success and business were concerned because I was running beliefs that were running me into walls. And I learned those three things in about a month. Wow. And I started applying them. And within six months, I went from six clients to 97 clients. Wow. I went from bankruptcy to $232,000. Wow. I, I released 45 pounds because I had gained a bunch of weight um, through this whole process. I released 45 pounds. It was easy. It was effortless. It was fun. It was fast and transformed my relationships with my husband, with my children and with God. And that is my mission now, is really to teach ambitious, driven women, those the mindset principles, yes, but really how do we work with feminine and masculine energy to not only get higher and higher levels of success, but not struggle our way to it because we're not meant to. We're meant to experience it in ease and in flow. Wow. What a journey you've been on. Wow. Wow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But it just shows the power of the mind, like you said, and anything is possible. And it's so important what you brought up actually about feminine and masculine energy. I believe in that 100%. Like, oh my God, as women, we are not taught about this, even men. And we are living so much in our masculine energy, but actually we need the feminine to have the balance. Oh, yes. Because what I found, I remember talking to my husband and I was like, why does anybody ever want to be an entrepreneur? This is the hardest, most awful thing I have experienced in my adult life. Why would anybody sign themselves up for this? Well, it was because I was in constant push. I was in constant do all the time. I can't play. I've got a business to run. Like I was so serious and in so much action all the time that what it was doing is it was sucking my soul dry and it was robbing me of joy. So all I felt was burned out. I felt unfulfilled even when I hit my goals and I was frustrated because I was like, what's wrong with me? And there wasn't anything wrong with me. I just needed to change my approach and I needed to lead with the feminine. Yeah. And the key there as well, like, so I, I totally understand where you're coming from because so a few years back, I was like so busy in my business and then my body shut down. And I kept pushing and pushing, but my body just kept shutting more and more. And I was like, God, what are you doing to me? And then I ended up having like a kidney problem and having an operation. And yeah, the universe really made me surrender. I had no choice but to just surrender into my feminine energy. Um, And now I have the beautiful balance. (laughs) And now it's like, yeah, yeah. The universe had a bigger plan for me. (laughs) <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. That, that That's a dramatic transformation too. And, but you know what, that was what you required that, that I think that was perfectly tailor-made for you. Just like my bankruptcy was perfectly tailor-made for me yes. to teach me what I needed to teach and to help me to surrender and to help me to understand that surrender doesn't mean give up. It doesn't mean turn around and die. It does. It means stop fighting. Yes. <laughs> Stop fighting. You know, and then you're like, well, okay, because my kidneys here are <laughs> my kidneys are surrendering. <laughs> down. <laughs> so so I mean and, and not to make light of that illness because that's terribly scary. I'm sure that was a very scary time in your life. But boy, I'm so grateful that you that you learned that you learned that. Well, it was, to teach you. it was it was a journey. Like I 
was very like you know I was very in my masculine energy I was like an alpha female when I was a journalist and I came away from that alpha female energy and I was like still in my masculine energy and like like you said I've got to get shit done and like live off three hours sleep no joy like you said and was just trying to save the world but I've forgotten how to save myself Mm -hmm. and even though I was doing self-love I wasn't doing enough that my body needed and so yeah the universe kind of like shut my body down <laughs> and then and I can laugh about it now but back then it was not funny but <laughs> yes I'm sure I'm sure and you know can, can we talk about self-love for just a second yeah, go for it. yeah self so I love this the, the whole idea of self-love and self-care but what I have found especially for women that are really driven like us is that we do the self-love and self-care so that we can give it to others right? I'm like, I got to fill myself up so I can give out some more. And, and so then it becomes masculine, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> Instead of just like, let's take the bath, let's get the massage, let's get the manicure or the pedicure or just sleep for crying out loud. Let's just, you know, put on some music and move and dance for no other reason than it fills up our soul. And, and as women, the the thing that's so beautiful about self-love and self-care and just like saturating ourselves in it is that we are, we naturally, we have this essence about us Mm -hmm. and we have this radiance about us that men don't have. I have met and seen really, really attractive men in my life. I would never describe a man as radiant, Mm -hmm. but I have seen radiant women in my life. And it doesn't matter what, you know, their level of attractiveness, as far as what society considers attractive or not, but I've seen radiance in women. And I've also seen beautiful women who have no radiance at all. And so, but when we'll fill, when we'll fill our cup to overflowing, and there's a saying, serve from the saucer, not from the cup. And that self-love is for nobody except for us. We just have this effervescence about us and it just bubbles out of us. And so it doesn't deplete us any longer because we're serving from our excess. We're serving from our overflow and people are just lit up just by being in our presence. And then, and then it doesn't have to be this constant, like, oh my gosh, I'm running on fumes. So I've got to fill myself up again so that I can give it all away so that I can run on fumes. So like, like we need to break that cycle mm. because, because self-care and self-love is one of the greatest gifts that you can give the world, not just yourself, but, yeah. but the whole world. Cause if you heal yourself, man, you'll heal generations. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that like the, the reason why we feel bad about self-love is because for generations we've been taught that self-love is selfish as women mm-hmm. yep. so that's why we have this whole shame about it oh I'll just I'll just go get a like a manicure and oh I might just oh do get my hair done but actually no maybe sometimes you just need to stay in bed one day and just let your body relax mm-hmm. and that was my journey learning like I'd grown up with all these like viewpoints and like culturally as well like you need to be always serving and giving and like it was never about receiving And I had to learn how to receive. And I also had to learn how to slow down and actually listen to my inner voice, which I'd forgotten. And I think that's the key. When you listen to your inner voice, self-love happens effortlessly. Yes. Yes, it does. It does. But it's interesting because society has taught us not to trust our inner voice hasn't it? Well, it's been taken away from us because women generations before knew the history. You know, we as women were like sisters. We worked together, you know, we empowered each other and then it was, it was stripped off us by men. And so then they kind of got us competing with one another. And that's why women have this, not all women we're saying, by the way. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) But women just haven't realized that actually 
there's so much power when we work together, when we co-create, when we put ourselves first. It's remember. It's all about remembrance and coming back home to the the queens that we always were. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. You know, and it was interesting because as I was as I was building my company, I was in real fight energy. I was in warrior energy, and <laughs> I even went to like a three or four day event that was called Valkyrie. And and if you remember myths, and the Valkyries were the female warriors that protected the the king and the queen. They were they were all women. And I went to this Valkyrie event, and you know, after, after, after everything fell apart, I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be a warrior. I'm not a warrior. I'm a queen. Mm. I'm a queen. I didn't come here to learn how to fight and how to be a warrior. I came here to be a queen and to, and to dawn on my crown and my Royal robes and to be her and to become her. And so at one point I really, really resonated with like the warrior female energy, but I don't anymore. That queen, that goddess energy, that is where I resonate because that is what makes my soul come alive. Mm, That's so fascinating. You're saying that. Wow. Yeah, because I was the same, like it's warrior energy. And I come from like, so my like family's background is Sikhism. So it's all about warrior energy and being powerful. And um, Mm. my surname has warrior in there as well. Whereas my maiden name has princess. So it's, it was about, yes. So it's about calming the warrior down to find the princess from within. So like finding the balance. So there was masculine and feminine. I think we both had too much masculine energy growing up and we didn't know how to embrace the soft feminine mm-hmm. side. But again, that's because of society and how it's we've been told, you know, if you're sensitive, you know, you're weak. That all these kind of mindsets which kind of forced us to be in the masculine for too long. Yes, yes, absolutely. And and the thing that's that's important to that, that I feel is important for me to say is that there's nothing wrong with warrior energy. Like we have that. Women have masculine energy and feminine energy, and men have feminine energy and masculine energy. So this isn't like don't be a man anymore yeah. <laughs> and hate men, because neither of us hate men. We you know, I'm assuming you don't hate men. Oh god, no, no, I love men. <laughs> I love men too. I, I I made three men myself. So like I love I love men and I love my husband. We've been married for 26 years. But but it's just to your point, we need to balance between those two. Like there are times when we have to be fierce, we have to be fierce in our feminine. We've got to get into that mama bear or that female warrior energy. But that's but we 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 tap that. We don't live there. And and what we've been taught is we live in masculine energy, which is the do, which is logical, which is thinking, which is functional, which is action, make it happen, figure it out, build the riverbanks, like all of that energy. We've been taught to live there and only tap into feminine. And feminine is the playful, it's the being, it's the spontaneity, it's intuitive, it's beautiful, it's invisible, it's flirty, it's seductive. And we're taught to tap that every once in a while, but to live in masculine. And we've got to flip that as women. We need to live in the feminine and then tap into the masculine. And that can feel very scary to us, especially like when we built successful companies, but at what cost, you know, and maybe it's not even a company. It can be with anything we do a relationship. Oh my gosh. I was the man in my marriage for so long without even realizing it. Or if you're wanting to lose weight, if you're wanting to like transform any part of your life, 
we can be in too much masculine energy and it sucks our soul and it robs us of joy and it puts us in all this disempowerment and competition and in comparison and like all of these, all of these terrible things, but it can be very scary because we know the masculine works to some extent. Yeah. Like, like we know we can make a lot of money. Yeah. In masculine energy. We know we can get our way in masculine energy. We can just bulldoze through things in masculine energy. And we're not quite so sure we can do that if we're living in feminine and letting masculine support. Yeah. And so it does like, like it does require an amount of faith and trust and leaning into the unknown, which is actually feminine energy, leaning into that, leaning into that uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And then and and trusting like. We are wired, we're wired to live in the feminine and when we'll be in the magic and we'll allow the becoming and allow the unfolding and stay present and all of those things, um, then the masculine comes in really beautiful ways and very practical ways to support what it is that we're creating, whether it's in our business or any place in our life. Yeah. And it's so interesting when you were saying everything, because I kind of just had a bit of an aha moment. <laughs> um we are when we're like so when our mothers well when what how can I put this into words <laughs> um how do I put this um when our mum has us in her womb we are in the feminine we yes. are growing we are you know we're expanding we are becoming ourselves to enter the world but then the moment we come into the world we suddenly have the masculine world like the energy so we forget yes. it's almost like we're crying back that we want the feminine side. Oh yes. Yes. I, I don't have to put it into words, but I think I think you're getting what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. I love, I love that aha. And thank you for sharing that. Um, I think that's gorgeous because you're absolutely right. We're we marinate in the feminine in our mother's womb. We oh. And, and it's just that being and 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 isn't it amazing as a woman? And this is a little tangential, but like I don't know how, I don't know how to make an ear, but I've made eight of them. (laughs) My body has done it. I was just like hanging out. Right. Um, And and that's, and that's kind of like that. That's like, that's the feminine energy of creation. It's the being it's, it's bringing in those invisible materials, invisible to our eye anyway. Um, And, and those connections and those opportunities. And when we just hold the vision, like the feminine is our desire. So when we, when we lean into our desire and we follow what our desire is and we just marinate there most of the time, then we're like, okay, what can I do to move the needle forward? If this is going to happen, what could I do? And then, and then you get flashes of inspiration. Uh, Somebody's face will come across your mind or you'll be texting somebody or like, it's the most amazing. amazing thing but but then the mat but then the masculine comes up to support the feminine yeah. in in very very practical ways monetarily with connections with opportunities uh, it, it's just it's amazing how the masculine can then stand up and really serve yeah and also like we as women like we're not just here to birth children like we are here to mm-hmm. birth ideas creativity and we we need that kind of almost birthing experience to then put something out into the world and that's where the masculine helps because that masculine side is the action side so it helps put things out into the world and share what we're here to do Mm -hmm. yes yes and the masculine energy is the pushing energy and Mm -hmm. the feminine energy is a pulling energy and there are there are times when pushing is very very important i've had four children um in through vaginal births i needed to push i I didn't want to pull i didn't want to pull that that baby i was 
pushing that baby out. But 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 I've, I've been thinking about this because it's really really easy for us to get into push energy, and in in disempowered push energy. And what that looks like is you feel like you're just pushing the boulder up the hill, or you're trying to push the river. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I spent so much time trying to push the river, trying to make it happen, trying to like manipulate my way, being in the right place at the right time, talking to the right people. Like, oh my gosh, that's so exhausting when you start micromanaging the journey. <laughs> Don't do that. I don't recommend that. But but I thought but but the pushing energy is an important energy. So if I'm going to if I'm going to birth these ideas that I have and I believe that is why we are here. It's why we've been given desires. They are given to us by God, and it is our sacred obligation to bring those into their physical form. And also, we're going to have heavenly help to do this, and we're capable of doing it. So what do I need to push then? I need to push my doubt out of the way. I need to push my fear out of the way. I need to push my mental laziness out of the way. I that that's the, where the push comes. And then the pull comes with I'm pulling this thing to me by starting my day visualizing this desire, by saying thank you, by getting into gratitude, by using universal laws correctly. Like then I start pulling that to me and I start pulling people to me and conversations to me. And then like this thing just starts to grow. But it but it is this, we gotta, we gotta, there is a place for the push. And the push is not pushing yourself to do something. It's pushing old beliefs out of the way. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> conversation is just like, whew, my place. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very interesting how this conversation is unfolding. I'm really loving it. I'm really loving it. You too. I, I, hope that, I hope that it's serving and it's contributing to you and to your listeners. <laughs> yes. I definitely think it's going to help everyone listening. Wow. Wow. I'm blown away equally. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, can you tell us about the prosperity approach? Yes. So I wrote a book called The Prosperity Approach. You can get it on Amazon and it's a it's a bestseller on Amazon. And and it really is like the nuts and the bolts about the the inner work, the inner mind work that's required to really create the life that you desire. So we all naturally default into scarcity. Like we know the scarcity approach, the worry, the anxiety, the overanalyzing, thinking too much, the analysis paralysis, like we are, we default into scarcity thinking. And I was like, I need to, how, what do we do? What do we do with prosperity? Like there's a, spe there's a specific, there's a specific thing I needed to do. So like when, when we were in that bankruptcy, I was like, I need to learn my part and only do my part and let God do God's part in this whole creative process. And so so I started like unpacking, like, what, what do I need to do? Like, how do I need to think? And what universal laws do I need to use with this? And so uh, like out of that, like out of that, a whole experience came the prosperity approach. Like the prosperity approach came during the free fall and like during the bankruptcy and, and all of that. Um, And it was, it was beautiful and it was wonderful. And so Prosperity, the prosperity approach and prosperity thinking is a very specific way of viewing and, uh, and processing and approaching life that requires skill and deliberate, consistent application of both spiritual and mental laws until it becomes second nature to you. And so instead of coming at everything and approaching everything as, oh, what if this falls apart? We approach things as with expectation that, of course, it's going to come together, that, of course, this is going to work and it's going to work in ways that 
we can't picture right now when there's going to be unexpected things that happen along the way, because that's the nature of creation. Um, but, but really approaching things from an expectation that you're safe, that your needs are always met, that you live in a universe that is friendly to your desires instead of hostile to your desires. Um, and, and then everything, everything changes only because you change. Mm. So you've got to change you first and your perspective first and then everything else we have some time lag in there that's called the law of gestation so there's time lag in there so like i didn't just change my thoughts and then i snapped my fingers like you know mary poppins and then the toys put themselves away like it wasn't I, the six months is a very relatively short amount of time, but I still had to live through every single second of those six months while everything was changing. Hmm. So, so I want to give people some perspective that there is always time lag between you and the manifestation of what you desire. But when you understand your part and your part is how you're thinking and what you're thinking and what you're focusing on and where is your vibration and being really aware and zero judgy about you or about others in this whole process. And so there's lots of moving parts to it, but it's really fun. It's really, really simple. And it's a whole heck of a lot easier to live like that way than it is the way that we've been taught. And so I break down, I break down um, how to do it in the prosperity approach. That's amazing. Wow. Gosh, it, it's interesting you're saying this because it kind of makes me think there's a reason why there's scarcity in the world and it's because some people know the magic and they don't want everyone knowing the magic, but we all have the magic. Oh yes. And the magic is so easy to access. Mm. Like that, like that's a thing. Like, and I know we had talked a little bit before we recorded about like prosperity and people are worrying about money. And, and here's the thing that I've seen with everybody, and it doesn't matter how much money people have in their bank account. I have talked to multimillionaires who live in scarcity around money. It has nothing to do with how much is in your account. Nobody has ever given me pushback on me saying we are connected to limitless supply. Look around. We live in a planet that screams abundance that screams prosperity. It is everywhere. And, and when you have a belief in a higher power, whether you call your higher power, God or heavenly father or universe or energy or intelligence, I don't care. We're talking about the same, we're talking about the same thing. The, the universe is limitless. The supply is literally limitless, especially in the spiritual realm. Mm. So nobody has ever said, no, I don't believe that supply is limitless, but where I get pushback is being able to access it. Mm. Can I, if supply is limitless, why can't I get it? Well, it's because of what you're connected to. If you're connected, you're going to get more of what you connect to because we live in a universe of abundance and a universe of like expansion. And so if you're connected to lack, you're going to get more things to feel lack about. So if you connect to prosperity and you connect to abundance, you're going to have more things to connect to with prosperity and abundance. So can I give you a, for instance, so I can kind of ground this a little bit? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So when we had no money, I started, I started really practicing the laws and practicing living in prosperity and abundance. And the first thing that I, that I needed to do was feel safe no matter what was going on. 
Because when you're, and everybody has experienced financial upheaval, especially with what every, what the globe is going on, you know, what the whole world is going through right now. So we've all felt those ups and downs of finances and, and, and we, I needed to have like a solid foundation that I was safe no matter what happens and that everybody's safe no matter what happens and that I'm, I have everything that I need right now. Like I'm supported at every moment of my existence. And so in order to do that, I couldn't just say fluffy duffy words and have it make any difference. It's why the I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich affirmation is like, with all due respect, one of the dumbest affirmations ever, because if you don't feel rich and you keep telling yourself you're rich, you're going to create a massive argument in your mind and you're going to feel poorer and poorer and poorer and poorer. And so I needed to, I needed to just establish that my needs were met all the time. Mm. And, and I was secure all the time. So I just went to, okay, what's working for me right now? What's working for me right now? And, and I would pull things in my environment. So for instance, I'm sitting at my desk right now and I'm sitting in a comfortable office chair and it hasn't broken underneath me. So that's working for me right now. I'm sitting in a comfy office chair. The internet is working for me right now. Oh, look at this. Everything is always working out for me. That's, it's always working out for me. I love water and I have water in my favorite tumbler. So it's cold and I have it literally at my fingertips. That's working for me right now. Everything is always working out for me right now. Like I'm safe. I'm supported right now. Now, and, and as I started practicing that more and more and more, I didn't start with money. I couldn't, we have no money. So I couldn't be like, Hey, we're rich. I had to start with everything was always working out for me with what was already there in my environment. Mm. And then I could go to money and it took like girds, like seriously, like two minutes, two minutes of me just looking around and being like, Oh, you know what? It's cold outside, but there's a beautiful blue sky. And God knows I love a beautiful blue sky. So that's working out for me. Oh my goodness. And then I took it one step further to make it mean I was rich. Mm. This means I'm already rich. This means God wants me to be rich. I have, I have a spoonful of peanut butter right next to me. I love peanut butter so much. This means I'm rich. This means God wants me to be rich because I can have peanut butter anytime I want. I mean, it sounds so silly, right? You giggle from that and, and rightly so. But that's where I had to start with those mundane, dumb, silly kind of things. And then I could expand into, oh, we had enough money to make our house payment. This means I'm rich. This means God wants me to be rich because we have all these societal beliefs that if we're rich, we can't be spiritual. And if we're rich, then we're evil and we can't have a relationship with God if we have a whole lot of money. And so like I had to I had to pull that in there as well. See, God wants me to be rich. And he literally does. God wants the money in the hands of good people because he knows that we'll use money as a tool and not a weapon. And we'll share it with our siblings, their brothers and our sisters here on earth, instead of using it as a weapon to control others. So mm. he wants it in the hands of good people because we'll do good with it. And so like, that's, that's where, that's where you start. And again, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. I remember when we were making 30 grand a month for the first time in my life, I could go anywhere I wanted and I could look at something and buy it without even looking at the price tag. 
I had never had that experience before. I knew we had the money in the bank. I knew we could afford it. So I would buy it because I wanted it. And I was still waking up in the middle of the night, almost every single night with these thoughts. Oh no. What have you done? (laughs) You've created a lifestyle for your family now that they expect. And what if you can't sustain this? What if you can't maintain this and you lose it all? Then what are you going to do? So I was in massive amounts of anxiety with tons of money. I was in more anxiety with money than without. (laughs) I was, I was the linchpin. Like I was the common denominator. It wasn't money's fault. I was a common denominator to that anxiety. And so if, so if I'm the cause of it and I am, then I can be the cause of what I desire. And all I need to do is shift my focus just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit, like one degree, not 180, just one. What am I focusing on right now? And I had to get into massive awareness and zero judgment and let it be okay. Let it, let it be okay. Everything, everything that's going on, it's Okay. Everything always works out for me. Only good can come of this. All right. Now, what are we working with? Wow. Wow. It's it's so fascinating you're saying this because I really get where you're coming from. So like when my health thing happened, everything went downhill. Like I got into massive debt um, because my body obviously shut down. My savings were going. um, And it's when I, after I had the operation. So basically to give you a short summary of it I was born with a kidney defect and I didn't find out until I was 30 (laughs) yes and they couldn't believe that the kidney has survived because I also had a knot at the top of my utero pipe so they operated I I managed to save my kidney um, and then my body started shutting down because obviously I had fear because I I couldn't work like Uh I used to work so then I had more fear about money and then money became less and less and it was only till I had like a shift a few years back where I just remember going, something needs to change. I can't deal with this anymore. And the moment I did that, suddenly like vitamins came into my, like I had like this aha moment where there's a guy called, some people think he's extreme, but it, it's each to their own. <laughs> right. um, I started following his protocols. His name's Medical Medium. And I also, by the way, well, we're talking like a few years back, I also later found out I had kidney disease and yeah long story um but yeah the doctors didn't know I found out through like a charity helping me for a kidney charity because I was like something is wrong with me and then I worked on healing my kidney disease and within seven months my dear I healed it (gasps) I am free I'm I'm free. then the money came in everything started rolling in so uh, yes I understand and I think the key as well is gratitude we we haven't been brought up to be grateful like and it's not like we say you must be grateful for this and you must be grateful for that but we don't appreciate what we already have and that's what you're saying is that in those moments of uncertainty it's being grateful for where you are right now and that is what I had to learn like I had made a lot of success before like I was on stages speaking like up and down the country like I was doing so many different things but I wasn't grateful and I think mm-hmm. the universe was kind of teaching me you need to slow down. You need to balance your energy, but you also need to be grateful of what you have. I agree. Absolutely. And <laughs> I think gratitude is the number one, most powerful tool that you can use to create the life that you desire. And people use it as a weapon because you can weaponize absolutely everything. Everything is either a tool or a weapon and mm-hmm. gratitude is the same. 
So we can use gratitude as a, something to guilt ourselves or others with, or to shame ourselves or others with like, well, why aren't you just grateful for what you have? You should be grateful for what you have, <laughs> you know? And then we tell that to ourselves, like, why am I not just grateful for what I have? So then we use it as this weapon or, or what I would do is I would be sobbing like Gertz. I was sobbing and I'm like, I need to get into gratitude. My life is a mess. <laughs> So I'm grateful for my husband <laughs> and my children. And like, literally, like, that's how I was. Was I grateful in that moment? No, I was in absolute despair. How did, how could you tell? Because I was sobbing in despair. So making a gratitude list does you no good if you don't feel it. Yes. You got to feel it. And it's just that it's just, it's just this appreciation. You know, there's the saying that gratitude makes what you have enough. Mm. and and that's and that's what we've got we've got to lay down that foundation of enoughness because if you if you are creating in lack there's always going to be lack there's never going to be enough no matter how much you create and then you're in this awful chasing cycle it's terrible but Mm. gratitude gratitude makes what you have enough and then you grow from there and i think where people go off the rails on gratitude is they think we have to quote unquote settle for enough no, we're, we're beings that are called upon to expand all the time. We live in a universe of expansion. And so gratitude makes what we have enough. And then we can easily pull to ourselves what we already have enough of, because now you're in abundance. You're not in lack. Mm. So even if your bank account isn't looking the way you want it to look right now, we can be in enormous amounts of appreciation and gratitude because today all my needs are met. The bills are paid, the, the the fridge is full, or you know, we've got enough for the next meal, like whatever that is. Wherever I am right now, it's enough. Okay, now can we build from there? What would it be like if we 10x that? What would that feel like? What would it look like? And then you can start playing. But but we've got to have this foundation of gratitude. It is such an enormously powerful tool. Yeah. It's, it's been part of my life for many years and like I always do a thing at night so I do it during the day like I'm grateful like you said like when you're just in the moment and you're looking out and you're like wow I'm so grateful for this and wow this like this beautiful plant like wow I'm so grateful for you but also at night I, I look at my day and see what are the th- three things I'm most grateful for and then three things I'd like to manifest the next day and again they don't have to be big they can be small it could be like I'm grateful I woke up today I'm grateful that I ate today I'm grateful that the sun was shining you know, it, it it changed my life for the better because when I was going through the pain and nobody could give me the answers, that's all that I could feel happy about was being yeah, grateful yeah. where I was and what, what was it teaching me? So yeah, I, I think oh, we should be taught this at a young age. <laughs> it we, should. <laughs> we should scrap math and science and teach how to manifest and think properly. <laughs> yeah. how to get into gratitude you know gosh gratitude would solve so many issues wouldn't they would there be crime if people had more gratitude for what they what was already theirs in their world I oh my gosh like so many things marriages would be saved crime would go lower like health oh man our health would be completely turned around by just this one tool of gratitude. And it feels like somebody needs to hear this. I had a, I had a strange relationship with God for a time. I was mad at God, not during the bankruptcy, but previous to that. Um, and, and what turned my relationship around with God was gratitude. 
And so if you feel like you're very disconnected from God, whether you're mad at him or whether you feel like he doesn't love you or whatever the story is that you're in, the thing that will shift that relationship really, really quickly and will allow you to trust him more and to um, have greater faith is gratitude. So just, just go to gratitude and just say thank you to whatever power, to whatever power that is out there that's aware of you and loving you and is part of the details of your life. And because not everything is a crap show, right? <laughs> it's not, there's more going right in our life than wrong. Um, but we are taught to look at what's not working and then obsess over it. So, you know, we do, you know, we do have these, these default things going on in our brain and yeah, they can pose a challenge, but it's not bigger than we are. And it's certainly not bigger than God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, what are your five top tips for somebody who's struggling with anxiety in regards to money? What could they do right now? The thing, okay. So one of, one of my first tips is to breathe mm. because when we get into anxiety, we hold our breath. If we're worrying, we're either holding our breath or we're breathing very shallowly. And so it's just three deep breaths, just deep cleansing breaths in and out. What that actually will do is that will get you grounded again. And so that's my first tip is just to start breathing. And then the next tip is, all right, what's working for me right now? Where am I already rich right now? I love post-it notes. I have post-it notes everywhere. That means I'm rich. So like starting that exercise, that would be my next tip. Hmm. But I would have, I would have it do nothing to do with money. If you're, if you're worried or anxious about money or whatever it is that you're worried and anxious about get, get grounded with the breath. What's working for me right now. And then you'll start, you'll start to feel settled. Like this really does work. You'll start to feel settled. You'll start to feel like there are answers and there are solutions because we're pulling you out of survival and we're getting you into, into some more neutrality where you can actually think and where you can access resources in your brain, where you can get help. Um, and then the next thing that I would do is once you're feeling settled, once you're feeling a little bit more grounded, a little bit more secure, then picture what it is that you desire as if it's already there. If you're worrying about a child, picture that child whole or healed or with the great grades or the wonderful relationship or whatever it is that you're worrying about, picture the opposite of what you're worrying about and just say, thank you. Just say, thank you. And then I, and I would go into gratitude. Yeah. Massive gratitude and and Gerds, it's it just sounds so simple because it is when the solution is simple, God is answering, and uh, many times we cast it away because it's not complicated enough, it's not sophisticated enough for our highly evolved brains. So let it be simple, let it be silly, um, and like I mean, to your point, gratitude saved your life. You healed yourself. Yeah, you healed yourself. Um, and you use other tools, of course, for the healing as well, but I know gratitude was a big one as well. And so let the tools work and let the laws work for you. Wow. What are you most grateful for? <laughs> I am most grateful to be here right now, to be here in this season of the history of the world when I could have been born in any in any time it's here where there's more magic and there's more miracles than ever before. My gosh, we live across the world from each other yeah. and we're having this beautiful, wonderful conversation. I think, I think I am, I am most grateful 
to be alive at this time mm. with all of the ups, all of the downs, um, all of the, all of the, you know, topsy turvy that's going on. I, I am most grateful to be alive right now. That's beautiful. Wow. And the last question is what shines your inner light? What shines my inner light? (laughs) There's lots of different things. You know what? Play being playful, Mm. being playful with my work, with my family, with my flaws, uh, being playful and not taking myself or even my work so darn seriously, just being (laughs) playful. That really helps me to shine my light. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Alison, for just being yourself and shifting your life and helping so many other people to really heal their money story and just come back home to themselves. Oh, it is my pleasure. Thank you so much for letting me contribute today, Gerds. It has been an honor. (laughs) Wow. Honestly, Alison, you are just such a beautiful soul and I'm just so proud of the work that you do. Wow. Like, it just lights up my soul how it's so important to really connect with our divine energy from source like all of us have a gift all of us have a unique set of tools that we were born with and it's just remembering who we are and what we came here to do unfortunately that's the end of the show before i leave i want to leave you with this quote the dream in her mind the courage in her heart the world at her feet that's a quote by l uricard take care my sisters bye For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at gerdshundle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit.